Welcome, Pathfinders, to the Find the Path podcast actual play of the Hell's Rebels Adventure Path. Woohoo! Yeah. Still rebelling. Yep. We're all still here, and we did our good deed for the day. What, which, what was which, that? Which good deed? Oh, uh, letting the uh, the other people go from the... Oh, yeah. I mean, that was like a week ago as yeah, far as uh, where your characters currently ago. are. Oh, I guess, but... that's I guess that wasn't like our good deed for the day. <laughs> Last episode, a week ago, it's hard to remember, yeah. We yes. got Vittoria coffee while she's recovering from midterms. We did our good deed <laughs> for the day. And then we had our poetry slam earlier. So. Oh, yeah, poetry slam. And what had literally just happened... Well, Rexus had just dropped a bomb on us when we last left off. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Also, this. Yeah, when last we had left off, our heroes, the Silver Ravens, had finished their um, their fight against the Red Jills. Had decided to spare the three surviving Red Jills. Technically, more than that, because actually, there's some Red Jills that were currently out there, like fleecing people. And the party had decided to uh, to spare these individuals. Had uh, gone and spoken to the the proper authorities, let them know. More or less just what, mm -hmm, yeah, we, we, we're we just kind of there. We're doing our thing. Don't worry about us. It was totally legit. We were just investigating on behalf of uh, Nicola's mama. I mean, yep. yeah. Mama. <laughs> You'd then uh, split, gone your separate ways, gone through uh, your, your weekly routine, worked your various jobs. Lucia working a job for the first time in her life. Uh, and yeah. being pretty bad at it. Being pretty bad at it. So... <laughs> Seems like you gotta start somewhere. I was gonna say, and that's pretty on brand because I mean, this girl hasn't like seriously worked outside of a theater ever. So, it's true. And Cesare had had an opportunity to meet with his sister. Sister-in-law, technically. Audience still doesn't know anything about Cesare's brother or what the situation is there. Yeah, well, Cesare is gonna have to explain that before we go see her, but I don't know when that'll be in game. And right now, that's not important because Rexus is like, "Hey, my mom might still be alive." Which was a pretty big bomb. So yeah, you guys had gone through the rest of the week. You had returned back for your your weekly meeting, getting together with the uh, the Silver Ravens, the leadership down there. You'd found on your way in that someone had posted up on the uh, the basically the bulletin board up in front of the Long Roads Coffee House, a anti-government poem uh, signed from the Poison Pen of Cantargo, mm -hmm. which you knew was primarily a uh, an anti-throne uh, local writer of some repute. Although mm -hmm. still, no one actually knows who the individual is. That's why they're still alive. Although this seems to have been their first post since the Thrones have officially taken over and declared martial law for Kentargo. Mm -hmm. So, take that for what you will. At which once you'd met up, uh, Rexus had gone over some of the, the final details as he'd finished decoding the last of the documents left over by the Silver Ravens. Indeed. Basically unveiling that the Silver Ravens had purposely left these documents down there. Somewhat of a time capsule, really since they had intended to, uh, so as to spare any additional hardship for the city of Cantargo and knowing that it was a losing battle to attempt to fight the House Throne, or House Throne now that they ruled the rest of Chiliax, that they intended to turn themselves over. Mm -hmm. uh, basically to help, to hope that that would help spare the city. There was some controversy with that, though, because I believe um, Cesare, as well as, I, I think... Uh, I think Rexus as well noted that there was activity from the Silver Ravens after that point. Correct. Yeah, he said the, it was based off of uh, Blosodriet's, uh, like, quote-unquote, testimony. <laughs> yes, um, because uh, House Thrun took over and then declared the Serenis to be the first, uh, the patriarch of House Sereni to be the first Lord Mayor under the Chilish, under the infernal Chiliaxian rule. And all of you are aware that the child, the eldest child of the House Sereni was kidnapped, and Blosedrit implied that it was the Silver Ravens that did that, although the Silver Ravens would have already turned themselves over by that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, possibly so. copycats, or they didn't actually go through with that plan. Yeah. No, we know for sure that the child was kidnapped because the people who rescued them, rescued the kid, founded the Order of the Torrent, so... Correct. Yep. We just... I All think right. Jordan was uh, theorizing that perhaps the Silver Ravens didn't go through with their turning themselves over plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, you know, kidnapping. Anyway, you had then spoken with Rexus, and Rexus had given you the general rundown of all the rest of that stuff, and then had dropped the, uh, as you put it, the bombshell that mm -hmm. he believes that his uh, his mother may still be alive. Which is intense. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. And then we left it off there. Ha, ha. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Gotta have a cliffhanger. Yeah, no one's favorite Sylvester Stallone movie. Ah, it was pretty fun. <laughs> but is it your favorite? I'm more of an over-the-top kind of guy myself. See? <laughs> I don't have a lot of Sylvester Stallone opinions. Fair enough. There you go. Rocky's amazing. 
Yeah, Rocky's really good. I've yeah. never seen it. What? <gasps> what? Girl. Something I've seen you haven't? I know, right? <laughs> Impossible. Like, I know everything right. that happens Rocky in Marathon, it, but I've never seen yes. it. Rachel's not a huge fan of the, uh, what is it, the Italian Stallion? <laughs> yep. Yes. I, I don't stallion. really have a problem with the Italian Stallion. He plays himself <laughs> and everything. What's that one weird movie he was in that I really liked? Demolition Man? Oh, Demolition, no. Sandra, oh, yeah. Sandra Demolition Bullock? Man's amazing. This is one yeah. with Sandra Bullock, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, that's what I like. That, that was uh, Wesley Snipes. Wesley yes, Snipes. Yes, it was yes, Wesley, Snipes. Wesley Snipes. Okay, never mind. Anyway. I have a favorite Sylvester Stallone movie. <laughs> it's Demolition Man. <laughs> it's a it's a surprisingly good movie. Yep. Everyone, go get some Taco Bell after listening to this episode. I was gonna say that's the one that had re- Taco Bell rebranded. <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> so as we begin, the the lot of you are downstairs, down in the wasp nest still. Here in the small, crowded back room, the large table covered with the, the various sheafs of papers, reams of, uh, of documents that Rexus has decoded, the wall back behind him covered with the depiction of the city of Cantargo, a new pin stabbed into the, uh, the map, noting where uh, you had defeated the Red Jills <laughs> in the, the Temple District. I should add little red pins to your, yeah, uh, you should. To your map. Oh, should. Yes, yes, you should. All right, I'll do that later. Yeah. Argent sits off towards the corner in one of the chairs. You know, Rexus leans over the table. All of you crowd around. Distantly behind you, as I imagine a silence falls for a long moment as he makes this announcement. You know, Behind all of you through the open door, you can hear the, the chattering of the rest of the ravens. Nearly two dozen people now. I mean, that's wonderful news. Um, something of a surprise, but... Yes, uh, yeah, it was um, perhaps a bit of a surprising revelation for me as well. Well, I, I'd hoped, of course, but, well, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. Perhaps I should go into uh, to all of this at once. Um, to, to recap, I know it's been a, been a, a little bit of time. My, my mother, uh, Portia, was a member of a, uh, the secret group of historians called the Sacred Order of Archivists. And it was for this reason, of course, that we believe that my family was targeted for destruction. Mm. I think that she's left me clues to the location of the stronghold for the sacred order. Really? And if she's done so, I can only assume that she's done so since she perhaps planned to flee there. Huh. She seems to have seen the writing on the wall. She she spoke to Laria and made certain that I had the, the lockbox, the, the supplies, the material I gave to you to begin with, the, the information that we were able to utilize to, um, to investigate the livery. All right, so you piece together the clues or do they lead you? It was the documents that you recovered. He nods in the direction of uh, Lucia, since Lucia was, I believe, the one to find the documents initially. Yep. There are a number of deeds. Hmm, yes, I remember. Deeds, paperwork, keys. Things that my parents risked their lives to to save. And I can only assume, I knew my father was home. I, I assumed my mother, but anyway, I could only assume to help lead us to a location, a destination. He pulls out a couple of sheets of paper, lays them out. My parents purchased a property and spent a, a fair amount of money on upkeep, disproportionate amount of money on upkeep of this property. A property that despite the fact that they spent so much money on upkeeps and improvements and such has never opened again. I speak of a building known as Hokum's Phantasmagorium. Yes! Sorry, I'm so excited about this building. <laughs> Okay. Adrian doesn't say that, but just because we know anything about this, building. about this building. Look, it was, um, I mean, from the bits I remember, it was a, a tourist attraction or something. It closed down quite some time ago, though. Nobody's really been there for quite some time. Uh, anyone that wishes to may make a society or an applicable lore. This has nothing to do with Chelish nobility yeah. or really guilds for that matter. Kintargo lore? The Kintargo lore would work, though, so you may roll that. Okay. Society it is. Secret check. But yeah, no, it's it's kind of, it strikes me as a Ripley's, believe it or not, with like oddities and stuff, like very eerie Indiana. I don't know. As long as it's not a, a Madame Tussauds Wax Museum, that place is creepy, man. <laughs> it could be. I mean, it's so lifelike. It. Have you never been to Ripley's, believe it or not? It's creepy. Oh, I've, no, I've been to several of them, yeah. Oh, okay. Vibe. Ready. Very. Hey, that's right down the road from Cesare's maybe boyfriend's place. I need to have a conversation with uh, yeah. Send him a note that has 
Are you my boyfriend? Check, check yes or, check yes or, yes or no. Because we're in like third grade. Yes. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> she's she's X hundreds of years old, but or he's X numbers of years old. I'll do that thing where I tie like a note to Raven's collar, like people yeah. who propose with a ring on the on like a Aww. new kitten, and send like Raven out to investigate. She can, <laughs> she can handle it. Mm-hmm. Will you be my new daddy? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of love okay, that. Okay, that actually. came out worse than I intended it to. Actually, I understood what you meant though, and it was yeah. cute. It was it cute was and a little kinky, so you know, hey, it works both <laughs> ways. That could be the question. <laughs> I mean, I've walked past the location many times. It's, uh, um, it stands out a bit because the stone is a little bit different. You know, it's not the common brick. Um, it was a notorious attraction for being a collection of oddities. But it's been closed for years. I mean, seems to be worth investigating. I'm just imagining the proprietor, an older gentleman in a fez with a uh, black suit and a bolo tie. (laughs) So, uh, why'd it close down? Um, Well, the building itself was uh, a passion project, so to speak, of uh, a stage magician slash salesman by the name of Braden Hokum Asperix. He had it constructed a year after the Chelish Civil War ended uh, with the idea that he should be bringing quote-unquote whimsy and joy back to Kentago. And he wanted it to serve as a museum of fantastic oddities and a quote-unquote authentic magical phenomena. He was a very charismatic individual and definite showman. Uh, Unfortunately, over the years, his uh, charisma couldn't exactly make up for the fact that his uh, um, exhibits, which were usually exaggerated or just flat-out hoaxes, uh, lost some of their novelty, and Mm. they struggled to make ends meet. Uh, And it finally went out of business, uh, let's see, uh, 20 years ago, and uh, Hokum died not long after. And it's been shut down and kind of just been standing there ever since. Mm. I never got to go there as a kid. I mean, it wasn't exactly a polite society kind of place. I'd never been there either. Also, it closed down before I was born. That probably would have uh, been a deterrent, yes. (laughs) I, I uh, I was quite young whenever the business closed down. But from what I can determine, I believe Vittorious estimates are correct. The, um, the business closed 20 years ago. And uh, when Hokum died, it looks like the city seized the property to pay his back taxes. Um, and then it looks like my family purchased it from the city. Um, through, um, well, technically speaking, actually, an interest out of West Crown purchased the business, which were funded by a business out of Opara, which is hmm. then subsequently owned by a business out of Kentargo. That my parents own. Dummy companies, maybe? I believe so. Um, I've, I, of course, it would take months for me to actually follow the trail between all of that, but that is what I've been able to ascertain, where it looks like my parents actually own the controlling in- interest in each of these individual businesses. And then you have the deed and the key, so we could uh, enter without drawing too much attention to ourselves. Yes. Um, this, however, is... I don't know exactly what we would be expecting inside. Now, I do. He fishes around, pulls out the key ring, and then pulls out the uh, the key with the very large F design on the uh, the head of the key. I believe that this is the key in question and should allow you access to the building uh, itself. Um, I'm not entirely positive what we would expect there. It's hmm. possible that the, uh, the archivists have been hiding there this entire time. And of course, if that is the case, then um, it could be used as a safe house for the rebellion. A second foothold on Argo Island. Uh, it would also be an option, again, if the Sacred Order of Archivists could ally themselves with us. Well, then, at the very least, the number of documents the Order has in safekeeping should be a significant boon to us mm-hmm. uh, if they're not able to aid us directly. And, of course, um, well, if if my mother's present, she spent years studying the Silver Ravens. What I've managed to piece together in the past few months would would pale in comparison to what she would have uh, knowledge of. She might know what that weapon is. Yes, perhaps she could. It's possible. Hmm. I mean, I think it's worth checking out. 
before we get too excited, why don't we just go take a look? Yes. Um, well, that was what I was thinking would possibly be best. Uh, it may not be immediately necessary for all of you, but I thought it would be a good opportunity to send out uh, perhaps the Fushi sisters or someone else to just scout the the premises, mm-hmm. get a good idea of what the, uh, the the lay of the land is. And try to see if there's any gods on it. Mm. Keeping an eye. Yes. Because you mentioned that having control and interests in all of the companies, so, I mean, it's possible they could trace it back to your family. They would probably need the documentation if it's just done through various different businesses. If you think of it, they knew it had any connection that would have been burned on the Night of Ashes. I, I would imagine so. Do you have any idea what sort of renovations your parents were doing there? You said they spent quite a bit of money. It looks like many of the renovations were done in a... Uh... It seems that they hired some uh, spellcasters of ability, as well as, um, it looks like, architects and such. Although, in each of these cases, these are individual from abroad, no locals. So, uh, many of them seem to have come from much further away. Uh, Vudrani, uh, Jalmare. Well, that's what I would do if I was trying to build a secret hideout. True. And also, lands where the faith of Iori is much stronger than here. So, ah. possibly loyal... loyal followers of the the master of masters and it's possible some of these wizards um they they don't provide much detail pertaining towards them other than magical contract workers it would make the implication that perhaps they were there to to spice up some of the exhibits if they were planning on reopening but it could be just as easily that they were excavating or adding additional rooms or anything like that using magic which wouldn't require defenses defenses perhaps um, or or again just magic to excavate areas that wouldn't require you know, carrying out wheelbarrows full of rubble and, and dirt and notifying city planners yes hmm. I mean it's well, worth a shot we should definitely check it out yes and I agree sending the Fushi sisters out first to scope out the place would be a good idea we don't it's unlikely we'd attract attention to the place but we probably want to make sure there's not a Datari patrol happening by um, when we go in uh, so the, the question, of course, is uh, you know, how many of our resources that we want to devote to this? But um, uh, I think that I think that this is possibly the best direction for us to go if we can find new allies here. And of course, I would uh, I would view this as a, a personal favor. In fact, um, I would be willing to accompany you if if you would like. I mean, if you feel confident in going along, I'd be glad to have you along with us. Again, my my combative skills are not nearly such as uh, as any of yours. But you do know more than we do about the archivists and their ways, so uh, we could definitely use the aid. Specifically, no. I'm I'm aware of the faith of Iori, but my parents uh, they never let me in on their uh, their activities with the archivists. Then it may be better for us to investigate ahead of time and report back to you with what we find. Make sure there's no danger there. It's it's true. I mean, there there may very well be various guards and wards, protective devices. Uh, I understand. Rick said guards and wards. That's foreshadowing. I'm calling it. Could be. All right. <laughs> specifically, the guards and wards spell. Which yeah, is specifically the guards edition. and wards spell, which may or may not even exist in second edition. I don't know. But perhaps we should see what the scouting of the building reveals before we decide who is and isn't coming along. Mm. Uh, that's that's fair. All right. Um, well then, I I suppose that's it. That's uh, that's all I had to to share. Um, well, there. Sorry, there there is one more small thing. Um, sure. I, Vittoria and I um, spoke some the night that. Uh, the fateful night of our encounter uh, after we left the the bookstore. Hmm. Uh, Vittoria was kind enough to escort me back to Villagree, and we spoke somewhat. Um, amongst the items in the the chest that my mother left with Laria, he reaches up, you know, digs around under his shirt, pulls out a small chain, and then attached to the end of that chain, a key seemingly of silver, although it gleams too bright. All of you note that on the the hand where basically you would hold the key is emblazoned what looks to be a five-fingered hand, splayed palm up. Ah, cool. Hmm. This was in the box as well. It bears the symbol of Iori. It may, if the key to the the location to uh, the Phantasmagorium 
let you into the building. This may allow you access to wherever the archivists are. Cesare's gonna detect magic real quick, just because it's gleamy. Uh, excluding the magical auras that you are aware of on your party members, you do mm -hmm. not sense any, any additional magic. Okay. Uh, anyone that wishes to may go ahead and make me a, a craft check. I say Jor Jordan knows what this is, but I have crafting. I don't have crafting. I roll badly. <laughs> I roll a two for a seven. All Kay. right, so Cesare rolls a thirteen, which gets him a twenty-two. Uh, Victoria rolled an eleven for a twenty. Okay. And I rolled a six for a twelve. The right. crafters are struggling, and I can't Woo! even roll. And what'd you get, Jess? Victoria, you actually identified this the first time that you were uh, speaking with Rexus. So it works that you identify again. And Chesray, you can also recognize that this key is made of mithril. Mm. So well, yes, then. perhaps this should, if, if there are any any protections, perhaps this should get you, you through some of them. Absolutely. Thank you for entrusting us with this. Uh, yes. He nods, you know, probably just reaches across the table and offers it over to Niccolo. Yeah, sure. I'm probably going first anyway, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'll probably be opening any doors that we find. Pretty <laughs> much. Hashtag rogue life. <laughs> rogue like or rogue life? Rogue oh. life. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so uh, this does now get us into the rebellion mechanics. Bump oh, man, we're ready. It's time to rebel. So let's go ahead and uh, get things started for your rebellion. You guys are all still fifth level or fifth rank as far as your rebellion is concerned, which is Alrighty. the equivalent of fifth level for your rebellion. Yeah. Uh, so we're going to need to start with our upkeep and uh, determining whether or not you guys uh, gain or lose any more supporters. I believe that is going to be handled by our resident uh, recruiter, which is Adria. Mm -hmm. I rolled a 10 for a 20. A 20 perfectly succeeds. Yay. Hey. Uh, mm. So you do not uh, lose any supporters and you uh, cannot gain supporters from this action. So, since you guys are beyond your maximum supporters. Mm -hmm. mm. So, importantly, though, uh, you do not lose any supporters. Your notoriety is not at its maximum, and you cannot increase ranks at this time. However, if you wish to for Adria, go ahead and bounce me 2d6. Hmm. All right, seven. So, while you do not gain any additional supporters from... Um, your successful check there. You have actually gained seven new supporters because of the rumors floating around that the Silver Ravens are responsible for the Red Jills no longer terrorizing the Temple District. Oh, yeah. Hey, nice. Uh, in addition to that, there you've also gained some support from the Church of Abadar since you did return some of their religious iconography or icons back to them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, hey, we appreciate that. And we're like, keep we it on the DL. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like, we have to. We're all lawful. <laughs> We'd have to turn in rebels if we knew. You're rebel scum, but you're we appreciate you, rebel scum. Yep. So following that, we jump into the activity phase. Mm -hmm. So I believe that you all get a total of three activities. Mm -hmm. Two normally and one bonus. Yep, and yeah. then one that Cesare is coordinating mm -hmm. as your strategist. So um, you currently do have a special mission coming up. Mechanically speaking, what that does, it means that you do now have access again to the covert action and sabotage options. Oh, sabotage as well. Ah, okay. Correct. Hmm. So if you wish to take advantage of those, your sabotage will require your revolutionary team to take action, which I believe are the... Uh, Mad Cats, I believe. Morgar's Mad Cats. And your, to do your covert action will require the use of one of your subversive teams. Which would mm -hmm. be the Fushi Sisters, because we only sisters, have yeah. the one. Yep. Yep. So far. The Rebellion's still young, though. It is. Mm -hmm. I don't know if we really want any sabotage being done. We just really need the Fushi sisters to get the lay of the place. Yeah. Well, I mean, sabotage could be anything from opening up another way in to disabling a trap or something like that. I don't that necessarily... Is yeah, yeah I mean, but wouldn't like, we it, have it, to have the Fushi sisters figure out all that stuff before we send them in? But it's assumed that they're basically working together over the course uh. of the week. You're more or less putting the two teams and having them team up to go and investigate this place as thoroughly as possible. I mean, I, I think it would be great to have both of them. I'd like to see if they can help us disable something, if at all possible. Yeah, I feel yeah. like I feel like since this is a you know special mission or whatever we want to call it, like it's it's important to us, then it's worth investing the resources. That sounds good to me. Yep. So let's do that. All right. 
So, and uh, what are you doing with your third action? I think the, what did we end up calling them? The cat's paw? Because we, everything's cat themed, even though we're ravens. Um, <laughs> uh, I guess they can try to gather information, you know, or rumors or see if we can get any other leads for anything else going on. I think that's technically all under gather information. Mm-hmm. Correct. And are they attempting to gather information about anything in particular? I don't, we don't really have any other leads right now, do we? Yeah, I mean, they can just gather information about a general rumor if you'd prefer them to do that. Like the pulse of the rumor mill of the city. You know, what's going That'll through... That'll be next episode, Heather. Yes, yes. <laughs> what's going through the local rumor mill, you know? Mm-hmm. Is there anything with, like, the Order of the Torrent that we could look into to deal with your... Mm. Yeah, that's not a bad or... idea. I mean, you could have them specifically attempt to gather information about the Order of the Torrent if you'd like. Yeah, Cesare will be selfish this week since that's the group he's technically in charge of. I mean, that's another, I mean, it's, it's another, like, you know, personal to us, and not that this should, this rebellion should be kind of personal to us, but it's personal to us. Well, and it's also a piece well, of the would, puzzle. I mean, the Order of the it, Torrent it is, is a also, big deal. Yeah. They could be helpful. They could be. Yeah. They could be very helpful. Although they can't know. be too helpful because they're lawful. True, but they're also extremely popular in the city. People, yeah, very large. All yeah. they, and they want to keep Kentargo safe. And mm-hmm. you know what? Who's not doing that? The Thrones. Sure. That's why they had to get got. Well, and the, the biggest challenge with, uh, heck, even the b- biggest challenge with Chiliax attempting to deal with the Hell Knights is the fact that the Hell Knights don't follow Chilaxian law. The Hell Knights follow what they refer to as the, the measure in the chain, mm-hmm. which is their belief of what absolute law should be, which means that sometimes if it does, if a Chilaxian law in their mind, it is law, it is the law, but it is unlawful, mm. then they don't believe in following it. Like capital L versus lowercase L. Well, it's an American constitutional thing. Like, you can put any law you want on the books. It doesn't mean it's constitutional and should be followed. Yep. They're like, we require that you destroy this rebellion. It's like, well, until we get the word back from the Supreme Court, we will not act. Yeah. <laughs> or get a constitutional convention going, then we'll talk. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Sorry, I don't, so... I don't recognize your uh, executive order. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bloody federalism. So it looks so it looks like the Fushi sisters and Morgar's Mad Cats are teaming up to see what's going on at Hokum's, and then we'll have the Cat's Paw investigate any kind of rumors about the Order of the Torrent. Yep. So Niklo is going to attempt a sabotage action. This is a special action available for certain events and locations. Uh, it can be used to attempt a, a location-specific deeds that will affect adventuring that takes place in those locations by attempting a security organization check. All right, let's do it. So let's so, go ahead and have you bounce your security for uh, the rebellion. Your security is a 10. That sounds pretty good. Ooh. And I roll really well. I rolled Ooh. an 18 hey. for a 28 total. Nice. All right. So, yeah, you give uh, you give Morgar the, the general details, and he's like, yeah, we can go in and figure out what's going on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, immediately yeah, upon bringing sec. up, like, yeah, immediately upon going, it's like, yeah, we're, we're interested. We're going to go in there. Morgar's just like, okay, I've got a couple of ideas. I've got these uh, these new sharpshooters that are, you know, part of my team and all the rest of that mm-hmm. stuff. I can position them on the surrounding roof, make sure that we can, you know, give alerts in case any like any of the other guards show up. I can contact some of my guard buddies, get an idea of their patrol times. Hmm. More or less, like he's already starting to like formulate like how exactly can I make sure everything works. I'm so glad we got Morgar for the rebellion. I was gonna say <laughs> Morgar has turned out to be just uh, just really good at this whole rebelling thing. Yep. I couldn't think of another name for sabotage because it seems like a bit of a misnomer. Mm. Setup. Yeah. Like, is it, well, and again, like sabotage technically did apply when they like they sabotaged the gate to where yeah. you guys were going previously. It absolutely applied there. Yeah. In this case, it's more like cover action or something like that. Hmm. I mean, yeah, like a setup or like, uh, I don't know. Backup. Pre, pre-planning like pre-team. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is that? You know, the Secret Service goes before the president and sets stuff. Like, what's that called? Uh, what was that called? A forward team? Like scouting. Forward squad? We'll call it opening act. They go (laughs) on before the Silver Ravens. (laughs) Just to kind of warm everyone up first. The opening act is Bauhaus. Yep. And Cesare, if you want to go ahead and roll for your gather information, since this is your additional check for being a strategist. I roll an 11 for a 21. Nice. That sounds pretty good. I think Above this is like the first successful gather information check the rebellion's made. We're doing good <laughs> as heck. We're having a good week, all right? Don't take this from us. That's true. <laughs> We've been galvanized by the thought that Rexus's mom is alive. Mm-hmm. 
Although so I'm we, like, we should definitely not bring them because what if she's dead in here? Oh yeah, you don't want him seeing that. That would be That's terrible. Be awful. Mm. Uh, it seems unlikely she'd make it that far and then be dead, but yeah, I, mean, I guess that's there's fair. no way to know. But who knows? Grief does weird stuff to people. We get in there. He thinks he sees his mom. It's a trap. It could be a whole thing. Yeah, you never know. So following that, we've also got your uh, planning on doing your covert action. Yep, some sneaking. Mm-hmm. Sneak, sneaks. Finally getting to the stuff that this group is really good at. <laughs> yep. Woo-hoo. We sneak good. Let me go ahead and get a secrecy check from Rachel. And actually, Rexus will go ahead and add a plus one to this because he can add a plus one to any one roll. That's true. And gathering information is something he's very, well, basically doing the covert action is something he's very interested in. Yeah, true. Uh, I rolled a seven plus 14, which is a 21. 21. Alrighty. All right. Yeah. You've got everyone out in the fields doing their things. (laughs) Nice. And so to finally, uh, to finish this up, after the activity phase, we also need to roll for your event phase. Still no events yet. Let's find out. Why do you have to put that out there, Ross? (laughs) That's usually what I do, by the way. (laughs) Some of the events are good. They're not all bad things. Okay, well, Jordan, since you uh, you sound like you're a little bored over there, why don't you go roll the percentile for this event (laughs) that you guys just triggered? What? No! Oh, no. Wait, so I have to roll percentile? Uh, actually, just roll me a d20. D20, okay. Call it a flat check. I got a seven. Oh, Jesus. I don't, I don't know, know if, if, good, good if low is good or low is bad. Mm. Probably bad. Inquisition. Okay. You'll have to wait a week to see how bad this is. Uh, I don't oh. like it. Oh, dear. So, yeah, let's go ahead and, uh, and finish our little housekeeping here with uh, a little bit of your upkeep. So, go ahead and give me a... Uh, a profession or uh, whatever check that you want to do for uh, for what you do for your daily grind. So some crafting checks or elven lore or chelish nobility, etc., etc. And if you guys have any actions that you want to do over the course of the next week, feel free to do them. Otherwise, I imagine you know you're going to go about your your weekly business before rejoining the Ravens back together again to find out what your teams have discovered in the intervening week. Adria does want to send a letter to her son, but that's pretty much her only to do item for this week. I mean, okay. Cesare will have his normal, uh, I don't know, date night with Hedeman. <laughs> <laughs> Lucia just focuses on work and learning how to not be a terrible uh, servant. <laughs> That's fair. I, I do like All to right. think that Adria's letter is like, you know, when Ash's mom wrote him things and told him to wash his underwear and stuff. Like, I feel like that's the kind of stuff she puts in her letters. Oh, like to Pokemon her son. Ash? Yeah. Okay. Not, yes, Pokemon know. Ash, not um, Ash the Android from Alien. Yeah, or... Ash Ketchum friends. <laughs> <laughs> or Ash from Evil Dead. That's where my yeah, brain went, yeah, Ross. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this is my boomstick, you know. <laughs> no, neither of those Ashes. Only the Ketchum variety, thank you. Mm-hmm. I just like Alien. Anyway, yeah. so Good let's movie. go ahead and start as we make our way around. Uh, Adria, what did we get for your profession for this week? Adria rolled a nat 20 for a 26, baby. Ooh, Ooh. good on you. That would be a critical success. Woo! Huzzah! My glass making's on point today. Slash this there you week. go. So yeah, Adria, you spend the uh, the week. You make some basic glassware. You sell it to the customers. They manage to find your shop, so on and so forth. You do get a special order for mm. an exceptionally large, and we are talking like comedically large punch bowl <laughs> for a new noble gala. That uh, yeah, let's say. Let's say the Vernastils are planning on putting together uh, oh, in celebration of, uh, of one of the new ships that they've they got under contract at the uh, the Vernastil shipyard. And so they need a, like, a halfling family could take a bath in this <laughs> punch bowl. Punch oh, bowl. Dear. Awesome. It's a big punch bowl. Awesome. And as such, you do, uh, you do get 1.5 gold pieces for this, uh, this fresh new punch bowl. Nice. Wow. Me and my dog and my cat are eating well tonight. Because, <laughs> yes, I have a dog living in here now. Mm-hmm. You and your menagerie. It's fine. Menagerie. All right. From there, we go over to uh, Lucia now that you actually have a job. Yep. I rolled a 10 for a 15. A 15 is the bare minimum for a success. Yeah, yeah you did it. Yo, I'm an adult. <laughs> But Lucia, you spend the week uh, instructing a number of servants on the on the proper way to uh, to dress as a as a, basically a valet on how to how to properly button a lady's waistcoat. 
in the event that they uh, should find themselves needing to assist a lady in doing so. It takes an entire week. <laughs> There's a lot of different types of waistcoats, y'all. That's true. <laughs> I suppose there are. I wouldn't know. How to High properly cinch society. a corset. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, that is a feat in of itself. Yep, true. that's the whole thing. Uh, but with your success, however, you do get two silver pieces for, per day, so a total of one gold piece over the course of your five days working. I Woo! think you also spend that for your upkeep. So I do exactly immediately even. spend that for my upkeep. <laughs> so, hey, you know what? I'm not losing money. That's right. true. Lucia is living to her means. I'm living at my means. Yep. From there, we go to Cesare. What did you get? I got a, uh, I, what did I roll? Buttons. Um, I rolled a 13 for a 22 on my elven lore to, you know, teach the youngins. To Very teach nice. the impressionable youths. Mm-hmm. Uh, 22 is a success. Uh, you have a generally a good week. You continue your elven studies and such. You've, uh, You've moved on into breaking down the the various elven uh, dialect differences between elves of the the elven branches that went away to Sovereign during the the Earthfall time period and then returned back. Basically, the elves of Kionan versus the language differential with the elves of the Mwangi Expanse, which actually never left. And so, how the two branches of elven diverged ten thousand years ago and then kind of reunited, and how there's dialect differences between the two. It's way more interesting to your students than I just made it sound. <laughs> However, I thought it was interesting. I literally I mean, I just learned about that. dialects in Spanish. I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, Russ is like, I would, I would take that class. Yeah. You do, however, gain uh, one gold, five silver pieces for your week's worth of work. Nice. Nicola? Well, uh, Nicola rolled fairly well for himself this week as well. I got a 16 for a 22 on my guild lore. Nice. 16 for a 22 for your guild lore. Creeping up there towards a, uh, a critical success. Well, well, However, that is just a success. Days. Yeah, one of I'll these days. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not complaining. Yeah. You do, however, manage to find some good temp work for uh, for your tiefling friends and uh, the various laborers and such uh, with the Fisherman's Guild. So still kind of bringing in your inroads there, kind of working on... Uh, on finding more like permanent jobs for people. But in the meantime, yeah, that's an option. Mm -hmm. And you do gain one gold piece for the course of the week's work. Woo. And spend four silver pieces because I live in a crummy apartment. There you go. <laughs> and what did Victoria get for her job roll? Uh, Victoria rolled an 18 for a 27. 18 for a 27 is a critical success. Nice. Yay. Money. I think this is like the third critical. Like apparently, you're very good at like being a detective barista. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the job title was made for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, again, you're you're so pleasant that those uh, those dwarves that you helped a couple of weeks ago, like you know, they spread the word. So when a, a new shipment of uh, a fine dwarven material comes in, they immediately stop by the shop and they're like, "It's like ah, you're the girl that you know knows all the the good places to drink around town." <laughs> and you kind of give them like a general rundown and you make sure that all of their coffee is Irish. Yeah. <laughs> like you do. With a critical success garnering you one gold, five silver pieces. Yay. Only Nicolo is just kind of scraping by with the clothes on his back. Yeah. That's my choice at this point. It's true. I don't want to get into a situation where I can't afford my place and Nicolo doesn't <laughs> trust the sudden windfall. Yep. <laughs> Nico's like, yeah, I'm just, I'm trying to get by the best I can with everything going on. In the meantime, he's like, yeah, I keeps hearing these like scratching sounds in his roof, roof at night. And he's just like, either, either a possum's moved in or another grimple. Mm. And I'm not sure which. <laughs> I don't like either of these things. Oh, well, the possum's no. okay. I'm okay yeah, with the, the possum. possum's fine. However, a yeah. projectile vomiting fae is not exactly yeah, everyone's that's cup of tea. No, not a great roommate, really. No, not, not so much. <laughs> As a rule of thumb, if your roommate can reenact uh, any scene from The Exorcist, they probably shouldn't be your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Mmm, pea soup. A week passes. The feeling around Kentargo is... It's interesting because, again, whenever things first started, whenever these issues first started to arise, there was a constant barrage of anger from the people. And now as time has passed, it falls back into this. People become accustomed to how bad things are. Again, large gatherings are still not allowed. And as time has passed, you can still see more and more of these Dutari that you don't recognize. 
these people brought from outside of the city to patrol its streets, to control its gates. After another week has passed, all of you gather back together at the Long Roads Coffee House. Adrian and Nicola will need to mark off the copper piece for crossing Breek Bridge. Breek, of Bleak Bridge. I always want to say Breek. Yeah. Breek. You gather together. Again, since... Honestly, your activities of the last week have involved almost the entirety of the Silver Ravens instead of in the usual meeting room, which is really just for like the leaders of the various teams. You gather together into the large central chamber, the one with the tables, the various crates and all the rest of that. We're going to have a little show and tell. Yeah. The five of you march down there. Again, it's that thing where you, you come down the stairs into the room and the tables are like one of the tables completely full. There's another empty table nearby for all of you to sit sit at. You know, like the heads of the teams are sitting at the other table across the way and like perched on crates or leaning nearby against the wall or just kind of sitting on the floor and everything else. There's like 20 something people in here. Just like, yep, as you descend down the stairs. Can we all wave a quick hello to the uh, folks on the edge there? Yeah, all the rest of these people. As you make your way in, I imagine uh, eventually there's a, a lull in the conversation. Everyone just kind of turns to look at the uh, the big five oh, over Lord. at your own table. Oh, my. I mean, I'm pretty big. That's true. <laughs> Niccolo is the largest of the friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Cesare is technically taller than me, I think. But yeah. I'm I also so. probably, like, wider than him. <laughs> Denser. More mass. Yeah. Rex just kind of looks over, looks back. Um, uh, shall we begin, then? Let's get started. Yep. You know, Rexus looks oddly a little deflated as he settles back in his chair. Something wrong. I was reading some of the reports, but um, I'll let. He nods. Corvus stands up from her chair. Rexus is a little disappointed because of what we found. The building is not vacant, but is not filled with allies. Hmm. Uh-oh. Wait a moment. Who's in there? We've seen multiple people coming and going, bearing the emblems of the Church of Asmodeus. Oh, great. Huh. It seems that there's at least one priest present. A priest? Yes. What does he look like? He looks to be a man in his uh, late 20s, early 30s. Red hair, red goatee, like natural redhead, not dyed red. He bears armor with the inverted pentagram. He seems to be in charge, and he's accompanied by a group. Uh, various men and women. They wear armbands, no armor, but they seem to bear a symbol on their armband, the pentagram over a book. Do I, I know what that means. Can I make a Laura Asmodeus? Yes, you may make a Laura Asmodeus if you so wish. That, unfortunately, is not a good sign. They're the redactors. They're lay priests, but they're job is to remove sensitive or dangerous information from publicly available books. If, oh. they're at, if they're at Holcomb's, they've definitely found something. Or at least they think they found something if they've called them in. Are they actually staying at the facility or are they leaving at night? They appear to be staying there. They're mm. coming and going seemingly in shifts. There are at least I think in total there are ten. Oof. Plus the priest. That's right. a lot. Do they have any guards with them or anything like that, Datari? No, I didn't see any guards. I didn't see any sign of uh, the Datari. However, we did see a single other figure. Hmm. Uh, Rexus seems to be familiar more than we were. Rexus nods. The description um, matches that of Nox, Brazilli Throne's personal bodyguard. Wait, was she the one that like took the knife in a throat and was fine? Uh, I... I wasn't paying that much attention to that part of the protest. Uh, for your own edifications, yes. Great. Oh, that's really bad if she can, you know, not die mm. from normal deadly wounds. Corbin she's nods. most likely a devil in some sort of disguise. Well, she seems to have uh, looked the part at the very least. When she came in, she was leading two fire dogs by chains. Mm. Ah, oh, yeah. we're familiar with those. Hellhounds. All right. That just got a bit rougher. Rexus nods. So we know that there are at least um, one priest of Asmodeus, possibly this woman there, two hellhounds, and ten Asmodean priests. So we're bringing an entire army, right? 
I believe the five of us are the army. Say what now? <laughs> we'll have to be smart. And the, well, the redactors are basically trained. They're lay priests. Usually they don't have spellcasting. They're not going to be that much of a threat in the longer run. I mean, they might be a threat if they've all got, uh, I don't know, crossbows, uh, knives. Yeah, just because you got them doesn't mean you know how to use them very well. And they will, of course, respond with deadly force. Mm -hmm. I suggest in this instance we respond in kind. I mean, that's going to attract a lot of attention, too. Yes, uh -huh. but if we let them survive and they recognize us, then definitely the entire church will be searching for us. It's not like it's just the citizens group this time. Also, if we uh, don't do anything, they could be destroying valuable information that we need or finding stuff that we don't need them to be finding. Eh, you got a point there. Rex is not. That is my um, concern. I don't know how many books would have been kept inside of the Phantasmagorium, which means that they may have located the archivists. Perhaps they have just stumbled upon similar clues that you did and are just investigating the building at this point. We could still be lucky. It's true. Uh, and again, if there was anything more serious, they would probably have brought in the, the heavy hitters of the redactors, mm. if you will. He laughs, although all of you understand exactly what he means, considering that all of you are familiar with the Order of the Rack, yep. mm -hmm. who are generally speaking in charge of book burning. They don't do the quote-unquote redacting, which is where you know they are almost literally going in with ink and covering up sections of books that should not have them. They're basically putting the black bar in, like, government documents. Yeah, they're the 1984 yes. uh, censors, you know. Yeah. You know, they're not the Fahrenheit 451 book burners. <laughs> yeah, the firefighters. They're more the FOIA people. <laughs> He does have a point. If they found something as dangerous as the archivist's library, the building would have just been set on fire by the Order of the Rack. Or they would have staged a massive book burning outside of the main temple. Then we need to act before they do find something. They found something. I mean, why spend time going in an old abandoned building if you haven't found nothing? And bring in so many people. To, to reiterate, we need to go in before they find something big. If they have found the hideouts, the main hideouts for the archivists at the Phantasmagorium, and they're not burning it down, they're doing a public book burning, they are looking either for something in particular, or maybe, like I said before, we are lucky and they haven't found anything yet. Hey, if Nox is there, maybe they're looking for something through once, like uh, information on that weapon, or, uh, I don't know, Silver Ravens, or who knows. I guess the question becomes, how would they have known the location was important to the Ravens or the Archivists. Loria nods. I mean, that's been the question that we've been asking ourselves half of this time, though. How did they know to burn down the Viticoria state? How did they know where all of the people were here the moment that they attacked? It seems like the Thrones have known everything from the word go. Maybe we can find some answers there. They may have an inside informant. <laughs> Maybe someone within the Archivists betrayed the group as a whole. Maybe. It's a valid point. Again, you should go in expecting to possibly have to deal with, uh, well, all of these people here, but this may actually present us with an opportunity. We're not looking at an extraordinarily public attack, as it were, on the faith. However, mm. this might be the first chance that we actually get to Bloody Thrun's nose. Hmm. As I said before, I will not be pulling punches this time. It's too dangerous to allow anyone associated with the church to see us and make an escape. I kind of have to agree. Or to let uh, this Knox lady make it either, because she can go right to Brazili. I have no love lost of the Asmodeans. I'm not exactly thrilled about the prospect, but I think I could still sleep at night. Niccolo, you still have that uh, silver dagger we found, don't you? Of course. Take it out of my boot. Lucia, I suggest that you may invest in something silver as well. Hmm, okay. Morgar nods at this. It's a valid point, though. Once you get in there, things are going to be difficult. And again, you're dealing with priests of hell, not uh, Dutari. And so it may be necessary to be much more violent. It also may be necessary to make sure that no one else escapes. And that's where the Mad Cats will come in. <laughs> We've secured down the surrounding area. And we intend on pulling a, uh, a similar trick to what we did last time. Create a traffic oh. jam nearby. Turn over a cart. Huh. Make sure that there won't be any pedestrians in the surrounding streets in case things get particularly messy once the fighting starts. Hagar, a stocky dwarven man, you know, thick red beard, starting to go gray a little bit just along the cheeks, stands up, makes his way forward. 
I've took a look at the surrounding buildings. I think I know what we can do. Before joining up with this little bout, before, uh, all the way back before the Chile Civil War, I was a building inspector, municipal. Hmm. I've got a good idea of the surrounding structures. I can tell you that there's an easy access to most of the surrounding roofs. I say we get up there, line our way around. Between me, Felix there, we can uh, get a good view on the surrounding area. Keep an eye on what's going on around there, and then if anyone comes in, goes out, well, he shrugs, reaching down a hand, patting a crossbow. We'll take care of any of the stragglers. Sounds good. Make sure that you can get in there uninterrupted. Now, importantly, it's going to be tight, if you understand. We can keep things held down for a time, but not indefinitely. How long do you think you can give us? Knowing that he begins kind of stroking his beard. Talking with Morgar here about the way that the, uh, the Datari do things locally. I think we can get things done pretty quickly. Probably buy you 15 minutes. 20 if we're lucky. It'll have to be enough. Hmm. We can maybe keep things going for a little bit longer past that, but the faster that we can get it done, the better. Not so fast that you're making mistakes, but <laughs> the faster, the better. Okay, well, let's pick up some silver sheen. It's uh, probably, I mean, maybe not as expensive as getting a new weapon. Not sure, Isn't but it'll it help with the silver the problem. Is it? Not that I know of. Wasn't there, I thought there was some substance that's, uh, that devils are weak to that's banned. Not in Kentargo. Hey! <laughs> Kentargo, baby! Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm surprised the Thrunes didn't close keep that in loophole. Mind, well, keep in mind that Kentargo is literally known as the Silver City, and part of the reason that the devil worship has never taken off as much is because many of the marble buildings here are veined in silver. We because it's silver-veined silver marbles. So yeah. it's right, not comfortable for any devil to actually stay here. I shall begin pricing out. Though I would suggest that anyone that is more martially minded eventually invest in a reliable silver weapon. The longer this goes on, the, the more devils the Asmodeans are going to put in front of us. All right. Well, between uh, Morgar's team and uh, the Fushi sisters' information, I think we've got a good start. So do we wait till nighttime? Do we go now? What do you think? No, hmm. We should do it just before curfew, like we did last time. Less people on the street. Hmm. It is right next to Kalimba's. Zaya looks over. Well, my report's not exactly as uh, exciting as any of the rest of this stuff, but uh, we did manage to get a little bit more information about these, uh, well, at the very least, some of the rumors on the streets. I'm not sure how reliable they are, but hmm. a little bit. A, uh, a hefty set, middle-aged man who's been quiet up until this point, you know, stands up from nearby. Dark gray skin, yellow eyes. He has this combed back hair and a, a rather friendly smile as he stands up, adjusts his spectacles, steps forward. I'm afraid I haven't introduced myself before. I'm Nixus, Nixus Shadow. I've met Cesare, of course, but not many of the rest of you. Good to have you on board, Nixus. He smiles, nods. He's a curious, like, again, when you came down here, he's the curious sort where, like, he comes in, leaves his shoes at the door, and then has provided an extra pair of shoes for li- being down here hmm. so that he's not tracking in mud or anything. It's your indoor-outdoor shoes. Very polite of him. Uh, he gives a smile. You can call me Nix if you so wish. Most people around uh, around the neighborhood in the uh, tend to call me Uncle Nix, so <laughs> you're welcome to. All right, sure thing, Nix. Well, Cesare put us on to this task of, uh, of checking around and seeing if we can't find any information about these Order of the Torn. And what did you discover? I don't know how much to take from this, but uh, I've heard a lot of rumors that the Order of the Torn was going to be, uh, has already gone into exile and that uh, Brazil is planning on banning him. Hmm. Banning the whole group, from what I understand. Um, can they do that? They can redact their contracts, charter, basically. That's true. Well, that just seems unfair. He nods, adjusts his sweater a little bit. Okay, okay, wait. It, this guy is giving me total, like, Mr. Rogers vibes. Is, is this what hey, you're going friends. for? <laughs> <laughs> Would you be my neighbor? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, obviously. Now, what I've heard is that Thrun's planning on uh, on banning them, as you were saying, when he found out that they're, uh, they're secretly members of... Uh, a thieves' guild of sorts. What? That the Order of the Turrent isn't uh, loyal to the law or throne anymore. That they are, in fact, actually uh, have been a long-running secret organization dedicated to Norgabur. I see. Um, Cesare just arches an eyebrow. 
It seemed suspicious to me until I did a little digging, and it seems like they were responsible for taking out a group referred to as the Gray Spiders. All these years back and that, uh, in fact, the Gray Spiders actually took out the Order, secretly infiltrated them like the Church of Norgaber commonly does, and then has been masquerading as this church the entire time, but have been responsible for all the murders. They call them Skinsaw Men. Sounds very mm. unpleasant to me. That sounds mm. crazy. Uh, yeah, what the heck? Cesare has a strange look on his face, like he's trying not to look angry. Are you all right, Cesare? <sighs> I didn't mean to upset you. My older brother, Coravel, was a member of the Order of the Torrent. In uh, 4675, the City Thieves Guild was, in fact, destroyed by the Order. Their leader and a few of the other officers decided that they were going to keep some of the spoils um, for themselves. The leader oh. of the, the Hell Knights? Yes. Hmm. When the Church of Asmodeus found out, they were outraged and charged those officers with thievery and treason. My brother had been one of the people to lead the attack on the Thieves' Guild, and he insisted he had no idea about the Order keeping any of the spoils, and I believe him. Regardless, he and the other leaders of the Order were all executed, hmm. hung publicly in front of the Church of Asmodeus. I'm sorry to hear that, Cesare. That's awful. So why wouldn't they be able to keep the spoils? Uh, because those were stolen goods. Oh, that was just it. Okay. Yeah, if you take somebody's stolen goods for yourself, that's still the basically that's still the what's it the Paralictor are the name of the leaders. He and a bunch of his Lictor. officers basically said, "Hey, we're gonna keep a cut of this for ourselves." And when the church found out, they were oh, all executed okay, okay, for treason. Gotcha. Basically, it was embezzlement, and you know, man, I mean, that's a crazy. It reminds me of those wasps that lay their eggs inside of hornworms and then the, the wasp babies pop out and eat the hornworm from the inside out. If there was any sort of infiltration by a thieves guild into the order, it would have happened after their leaders were executed. And I can say with absolute certainty that Gorvel was not involved in any thievery from the city, but due to his standing as an officer, he was executed with the rest of them. Well, that seems to tie into the rumors that I heard. It seems like a lot of people, and by that I mean two old men and uh, an old lady playing uh, checkers in front of the Clovenhof Society, believe that the uh, gray spiders, as they call them, never left, hmm. but simply changed their names to the Order of the Torrent. Said this was after they'd already assassinated their, uh, what did they say, their lictor. Now, I can't be sure of any of this, but I thought it best that you know. Hmm. Thank you for the report. Thank you for thanking me. That's very polite of you. This, this guy's competing for my new favorite uh, follower. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. So the question remains. The Order of the Torrent isn't something we can do much about right now. Especially if they're in exile. I mean, that probably means they're not even in the city. And if they really are part of the Thieves' Guild, I can tell you right now that not all of their members are aware of it. My nephew wouldn't have associated himself with them if he knew that they were really the group that got his father hung. Well, they've also managed to keep it away from all the citizenry. Like, there's not even, like, the beginnings of rumors for most people. The easiest way well, to hide is, you know, with a legit storefront. You know what I mean? Regardless of the truth of that situation, there is not much we can do about it right now. We should probably focus our attention on the Phantasmagorium. To that end, we should probably go as soon as we can, tonight if at all possible, or I guess this evening, technically. So we have the key to get in, we go in by the front then. Makes it simple, there's less likely that we'll be spotted immediately upon entry. We'll try to stealth up on anybody that's nearby. I'm guessing that you didn't really get a chance to explore the interior, Corva. A chance to explore the interior, no. But Fair enough. Hmm? She nods over towards Jay, who makes her way forward, you know, kind of sheepishly inclines her head. I did check around and made my way to the uh, um, city records building. And she huh. fishes around before retrieving a sheet of paper and handing it over. Should be the map of the whole building. Yeah. <laughs> Remind nice. me to uh, be sure that that building stays whenever we take over the government. She nods. 
Sorry, that was a bad attempt at a joke. We're going to keep that one. That one in particular. <laughs> Just that one in particular, though. The rest can all go. Great work, then. Thank you. Rexus nods. I suppose that's it. Um, uh, best of luck. I, s- mm. I imagine you want to make your preparations. Should we start at sunset? Yes. We'll start at sunset. Morgard, get your team in position. Corva, you've already done pretty much everything that we could expect of you, so take a break. Cesare stands up and nods and will excuse himself to that back room, which is pretty much the most private area with the table. Adria essentially doesn't chase Cesare, (laughs) but follows Cesare very closely. (laughs) And when they're more alone, it's like, hey there, Cesare. Um, I wanted to see, are you okay? I know it seems like the deeper we get into this, the more bad, bad history we seem to drudge up, but, um, you know, you're not alone. I'll be all right. Just the idea of the knights being part of a thieves killed is absurd. Well, you know, rumors generally ain't true. So, I mean, maybe there's a couple of them that were masquerading as knights, but I doubt it's the whole core. Coravel would have never stood for it. He was a member of the Datari before he joined after the Order was shortly formed. All he wanted was to keep the people of Kintargo safe, and the Order let him have... Less red tape and more authority to do what's needed to be needed, but needed to be done, but still within the bounds of the law. Mm. Well, you know, the innocent get caught up sometimes with those that ain't so innocent. Not because they want to be, but because they just happen to be at the wrong place. I'm glad we have the church to attack tonight. I think I'll feel better. Yeah. Who doesn't like to, you know, murder some bad guys? <clears throat> Does the smile Cesare gives is actually kind of vicious. <laughs> you got that predatory <laughs> smile going. Adria grins. I like this. This is good. We can bond because we think murder's fine. Well, you know, let me know if you need anything or if you ever want to come by. You know, I always got tea. I always got snacks. Thank you, Adria. Mm-hmm. I like pat you on the back and let you stay because, you know, sometimes people need alone time. And so I'll, I'll give you the room. Pl- Cesare will plop Raven into his lap and, you know, pet the kitty. Pet the kitty for safety and comfort. It is an emotional as well as an arcane support kitty. Mm-hmm. And also to plot. To plot yes. devious plans. So I suppose all of you uh, make the purchases necessary. Mm-hmm. Silver sheen it is. But I suppose all of you get ready to leave. You know, Vittoria, as you're beginning to make your way following the rest of them out, you know, Rexus kind of comes up alongside of you. Uh, Vittoria, may I have just a, just a moment of your time? Of course. He... No, it's, you know, it's kind of gives a smile and a wave towards everyone else as they make their way. I imagine all of you heading over towards the uh, the exit to the hideout. We got a bunch of silver sheen to buy. Yeah, we got we got stuff. Rexus shuffles his feet, kind of adjusts his clothing. I understand, of course, that um, being the situation as it is now, it was probably somewhat foolish of me to get my hopes up that my that my mother might still be alive. I don't think it's foolish. If the Church of Asmodeus is there. Well, the odds are against it. Well, it depends on how well she's hidden. If she's been preparing for this for a long time, there's still a chance. Perhaps. I, you're a good friend, and just as good of a detective. Thank you. I trust if you find anything, if anyone could find anything, I trust it would be you. And I trust if you find anything, good or bad, I... Deserve to know the truth. I need to. Just some sort of closure. I will do what I can that, I promise you. You've already done a great deal for me. He awkwardly gives you a quick hug. Take good care of yourself. You as well. Make sure you eat. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm too nervous for all of you to eat, but uh, I'll be certain to have something once you're all back. Uh, safe and sound. Fair enough. I, I know that Laurie, at the very least, is, is eager to, for us as a, as a group, to actually deliver a blow against the church, against Brazili, perhaps even against his his right hand, this this Knox woman. I just want all of you back safe. We will. We're careful. Thank you, and good luck, and thank you. Good luck. He nods. Victoria <laughs> nods and takes her leave. I suppose you all turn, make your way out, stop to your uh, your your shopping trip, all the rest of that. As the the bells begin to sound for sunset, make your way off. Back south, back towards Red Roof, across Bridgeway, down across Bleak Bridge, following that down to Red Street, and beginning to approach 
Hokum's phantasmagorium as the sun reaches the furthest horizon, turning a brilliant shade of red. Nice. And we'll pick it up here next time. <laughs> oh, we're going to do something figured. overt. I get to cast so many cool kill them dead spells. Oh, I was going to say the casters are going to have a good time. It's like, oh, open up. <laughs> Cesare is ready for murder. <laughs> Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Hell's Rebels is copyright 2015. Hell's Rebels and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission. Find the Path Ventures have converted Hell's Rebels from Pathfinder to Pathfinder 2nd Edition. Conversion notes are available to our Patreon backers at patreon.com backslash findthepath. 